Some kids are smarter than you. Some kids have cooler clothes than you. Some kids are better at sports than you. It doesn't matter. You have your thing too. Be the kid who can get along. Be the kid who is generous. Be the kid who is happy for other people. Be the kid who does the right thing. Be the nice kid. Hey, Everyday Blakers. We are back and ready to take on 2018. So Happy New Year, everyone. This episode's main theme is Be, Be the, the Nice, nice kid. kid. We'll hear from Mrs. Gomez about the 26 Days of Kindness, Miss Hurley's public speaking class, who will share some reviews about the new movie Wonder, which strongly connects to the spirit of kindness. And in addition, with the new year, what a great time to talk about classroom or learning space redesign. Yes, a couple of Blake teachers are putting a lot of thought into providing a learning conducive environment. We'll talk to Mr. Gavigan, Mrs. Paraki, and Mr. Gao about those design changes in their classrooms. You know, that's not all. You know, this episode is also jam-packed with Blake and celebrating Computer Science Week. So we'll take a look or a listen into the Hour of Code. We have a little bit about the Digital Learning Day that's coming up soon in the spring. And you'll hear the GOB winner being announced in real time. <laughs> yeah, find out to see who that is. And Martin Luther King Day. Mr. Vaughn takes over Everyday Blakers and touches base with a few student volunteers and gets an interview with Cynthia McClellan, the creator and leader of A Day On at Blake. So there's lots of listen, listening to. So put in your earbuds. Push play. And, and enjoy. enjoy. I'm time here to introduce an interview with Mrs. Gomez, who is the inspiration behind our 26 Days of Kindness. Welcome back. I'm time here with Mrs. Gomez. She's the leader of the Kindness Initiative. Thank you for coming, Mrs. Gomez. Oh, you're welcome. My pleasure. So I have a few questions for you. One, why did you take on leading the Kindness Initiative? Well, the Kindness Initiative started five years ago when there was a terrible tragedy in Connecticut. And it was the Sandy Hook Elementary School tragedy. The kids at, at Blake now are probably too young to remember it. But coming out of that was a lot of kindness. Um, a lot of schools were sending things to that area to help the families get feel better and be happier. And that's where the kindness initiative started. And it started with Miss Allen. Miss Allen in the guidance office began it. And then the next year I took it over. And I took it over because kindness is a really important part of my life. I find that if I do kind things for people, it makes me happy and it keeps me at a good um, place in my life. So I hope I can spread some of that to everyone else in the building. Well, it's definitely contagious and when we see it here in the school, I think other kids sort of take it on and become inspired by that. So how do you think it has influenced the Blake community, if at all? I think it makes us think about being kind. I don't know that we're not kind. I think we are kind mm -hmm. anyway, but I think it just says one more time, just think about it. 
Um, and I always feel uncomfortable making those morning announcements, but so many kids and so many teachers say that they like that, that it makes, it reminds them every day to be kind. So I think it, it, it influences in that way. I don't think it changes people from being mean people to being kind, but it might change somebody's behavior during I agree. the day. I agree. And I think those morning announcements, when, when you come on, it's personal. And I think that's what kindness is all about. I think trying to find a way to personally and meaningfully, sincerely being kind to someone rather than, hey, you're cool or hey, you're pretty. I think, right. you know, developmentally, kids kind of need help in finding the best ways and most genuine ways to be kind. And we don't want people to cry over the announcement. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't want to get too emotional. <laughs> uh, my last question for you is, what's your favorite kindness day or activity that we do in this month? I love the snowflakes we're making this week. I think that they bring me cheer. When I see them in the hallways and I read all those little compliments on them, I know that a group of kids got together and decided to write those nice things on the snowflakes. So I, that makes me happy because I know it was a group activity. Yeah, I agree. I think in my advisory I had some expert snowflake makers, so it was nice to see them kind of take leadership. and be kind to each other and help each, each other people. make snowflakes yeah. so it was it was a nice bonding experience for us yesterday well thank you mrs gomez for your time and we look forward to hearing you on our podcast oh thank you all right bye-bye bye-bye Hi everyone, Heim Time here, and in the spirit of kindness, which is sort of the theme of our episode this week, we have some kids from Miss Hurley's public speaking class who gave us some movie reviews on the movie Wonder, which was released back in 2017, sounds like a long time ago, back in November, and the book Wonder really has a lot of kindness connections, so we have some kids who reviewed the movie, uh, compared the book to the movie, we see some differences between the two, and some similarities as well, and then we had two other groups who made connections to what were some examples of kindness, and then how could we take some lessons from Wonder back to Blake. Enjoy. In the book, Wonder, kindness is shown by the kid to befriend August. That shows us that we can treat everyone equally and with respect, no matter how they look. Blake can take the movie and the book, Wonder, into consideration before they speak badly about someone. Hopefully this book and movie can change the atmosphere of Blake to make it a better place. There are many differences between the movie, Wonder, and the Wonder Book. One of the differences we noticed was that in the movie, they reduced the amount of point of views they had. Summer and Via's boyfriend both don't make the cut in the movie. A second difference we noticed was that in the middle of the book, when they were on a class field trip, August lost his earpiece getting away from the seventh grade bullies. But in the movie, he never ran through a corn field losing his earpiece. A third difference we saw was at the end of the book, when they were walking back from the fifth grade graduation, but in the movie, it ended in the auditorium. The last reason we want to acknowledge that in the movie, his facial features are a lot more toned down in the movie than described in the book. But overall, we think between the book and the movie, they both really emphasize key points and conflicts.
Next up, we're going to talk about classroom redesign. The traditional classroom is really not conducive to today's modern learner. There are many different seating arrangements and possibilities in the classroom now that we really should start thinking about to promote the best form of learning today. We have traditional rows and desks still in our school, which some teachers have been really thoughtful about thinking about how they could redesign their space, bring in new furniture, rearrange their classroom, maybe even get rid of some extra furniture that they don't need to provide more space to be more creative and collaborative in. So we're gonna to listen to Mrs. Paraki, Mr. Gao, and Mr. Gavigan tell us about some of their experiences as they make efforts to redesign their classroom. All right, Heim Time and Tech Monster here, and we're talking about redesigning learning spaces. And we have Brenda Paraki here. Welcome, Brenda. Thank you. She is our sixth grade math teacher of the Sea Turtles. And I understand that you have gotten the ball rolling in your class as to redesigning your learning space. Can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Sure. Uh, we have found that as education has changed, that the learning environments that our students are in has not changed very much. We typically have the same desks and chairs that we've always had, yet all of our activities involve collaboration and technology, and we just the, the space isn't flexible to fit those activities now. Yeah, uh, you know, because the learning needs are so varied, even by the students, and I, I agree, just in what we're asking them to do and what learning looks like, it has changed. So it's important for our learning spaces to evolve and kind of help to meet those needs as well. And so what I know you've kind of taken on, well, your students have actually taken on a, a bit of this as their goal, and what have they done to get this going? Well, students in our exploration class has, have been um, writing persuasive essays to apply for grants, for money, to buy things like couches and cozy corners and tech areas with green screens and uh, better desks and chairs that don't wobble and creak and that are more flexible so we can rearrange them in groups or in zigzag lines depending on what the lessons are. They've been mapping out the space and using math to create budgets. And so we've been using a lot of writing and a lot of math skills as we plan to redesign our classroom. Oh, that's perfect. You know, I think it's great that the students are taking ownership of their own learning space and thinking about the different aspects of how they're learning in your classroom. And so I think you applied for a MassQ grant. Mm -hmm. And was there anything else? Uh, Bob's Discount Furniture we oh, applied for and we were actually awarded a gift card to Ooh, Bob's Furniture. <laughs> so, Congratulations. Yeah, so we will have some uh, comfy corners in our classrooms. Yeah, so we'll have to check back with you definitely, especially if you get awarded that money and see how your classroom evolves over time and get some of your students to talk about you know, how they like the changes and how it's impacting and supporting their learning. Absolutely. Great. Well, thank you, Brenda. Thank we appreciate you. your time. All right, so we are also going to be talking to Brian Gavigan, and we'll be back with him in just a moment. All right, so Heim time back again with Brian Gavigan and Tech Monster. So, Brian, you have already redesigned your classroom. Tell us a little bit about what you took into consideration when you redesigned your classroom. 
Sure. Um, the first thing that I realized was I had a lot of space. Um, I guess the full history of my time here at Blake. I probably started in one of the the smallest classrooms in the building, which was great because I didn't have a lot of things and yeah. I need to, to find right. uses for the space. And then when I moved classrooms, um, it almost felt like once I set my desks up, like I could have my football team come in and practice in like the open space in the back. It was, it was so <laughs> yeah. open and I was like, Perfect. what am I going to do with this? Yeah. It was like, let's try to figure something out. And I guess the transformation was I, I asked the custodians if I could borrow the chairs that we use during assemblies first and brought in a class set of chairs so that we could sort of circle up in, in groups to talk. And um, that was great, but also when you have 24 students circling up like that, um, yeah. it rarely resembled the circle. Um, <laughs> and, you know, sort of sight lines on all the students weren't that great and, you know, people were leaning and, and bumping into each other. So um, I went to Target and just bought some folding tables uh, that were probably about $30 a piece. Yeah. Um, but that gave the students sort of a centering point to assemble around and that really helped to, to give the space its purpose in that way. Yeah. So are, are those circles still, are they kind of permanent in your room, like already set up, or is that something that happens in transition? You say let's, you know, circle up, or I don't know what language you use. Yeah, um, we usually, I try to center around like discussion groups. Um, so I have five tables and they're set up as just in groups right now, uh, but if I wanted to pull the whole class into a discussion, I would set that up beforehand. Okay. I haven't really created a routine where they yeah. move the furniture for me or anything to get that going, but okay. um, it's sort of permanently set up that any time I wanted to have five groups go and do something um, that's already in place for me. Um, yeah. So I don't think we mentioned that Brian is an English teacher. Oh, that's so, important. Right? Yes. Like, I mean, that's really <laughs> different than, like, like the math teacher. Yeah. Right? Book discussions are nice to right. do in a, a kind of a collaborative circle. Yeah. So I think that really fits the needs of your class. And it was. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the driving points was to sort of facilitate how can I get a lot of different types of discussion going? Because once I moved the tables in, that, that wide open space certainly got closed down very quickly, and I had to figure out what I was going to do with my regular desks. Um, and even those are in rows where they're facing in towards one another rather than like centered at the board. So you know, more student-to-student -student eye contact is available in the room. So if I wanted to have a discussion, yeah. like there are more faces that are actually looking at someone else's face, not me at the front of the room and the back of someone's head. So I was trying to get a lot of face time amongst the kids in the, the layout of the room. Okay. So it sounds like you had clear goals. What have you observed as far as the changes of the dynamics in your classroom and how students are working together? Yeah, I think um, just anytime you're taking them out of a desk, even, you know, it's still a table and chairs and still pretty traditional and formal, but it, right. it's just a little bit of a change of pace that they are more relaxed around and are just comfortable with. Um, it certainly makes for smooth transitions rather than, you know, if there are some instruction time at the beginning of a class, 
where you have to be up in front just lecturing and then the transition into groups would usually mean all right move a bunch of desks around and mm -hmm. it's just a more seamless process to say I'm done talking where we do our talking now let's move back to our group place and it it allows a nice movement break after a lecture for them to get up and move around but they can also resettle quickly and get back down to what I'm looking for them to do awesome yeah I, think I need that myself I think I need movement focus breaks have you found that there's like a, a change in their focus having that movement break oh absolutely that's awesome yeah, yeah. that's really cool I know I was in your room last was it last year or maybe the beginning of this school year and and actually your setup of your room worked for your grade level meeting as well I felt like we were all sitting in a huge circle and that also I think impacts just the communication between the staff right instead right. of you know, us sitting in rows or just like the students, it gave us a better, well, even the experience, culture. right, like even the experience of sitting in that kind of um, setup or configuration. Um, you no, know, you're I right. That makes a difference, yeah. Yeah, once I, um, once I did set up the room this way, my room has become the seventh grade oh, team meeting room, yeah, so oh, okay. people sort of saw it as like it's a nicer meeting place, and you know, even from that standpoint, like the other half of our professional lives as teachers, like when we have a parent meeting or something else, it is, you know, usually they would always start with a parent coming and say, oh wow, can I still fit in a, a student's desk, and like that transition where it's now, you, we have a table where you can sit around, it, it brings that sort of... I don't know. I guess I don't know if it's the right way to say it, but like an adult feel for the parents coming in. To right. Like, yeah, we're Welcome sitting around a table meeting. Yes, rather yeah. than you know squeezing into the desks. Feeling and, yeah, uncomfortable. It's, yeah. yeah. Adding to that. Well, that sounds great. I'd love to hear if you're, you know, you continue to evolve your classroom or like if students give you some ideas. I feel like it's such a great thing to share across Blake, you know, all the different ways that we're trying to adapt to students' learning needs within the classroom because there's so many different options. So we'll have to follow back, you know, and maybe even ask some of your students to come on our podcast just to give us their feedback too. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. always an evolving process. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for your time on a Friday afternoon afternoon, Brian, and have a good weekend. Oh, you're yeah. welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. Okay, so we are back on Everyday Blakers, and this is Tech Monster with Heim Time. And we have Mr. Gao here. He teaches sixth grade social studies with the koalas. And you want to give a shout out to anybody in particular? Yeah, hello koalas. Welcome. This is uh, my second time on an e-interview table. So <laughs> I'm a veteran now. Yes, yes. podcast veteran. Right. Yeah. So we asked you to yeah. join us because our discussion is around redesigning learning spaces. And we're not really thinking about redecorating or thinking it as a classroom, but more as a space where students are able to take ownership of their learning and you're able to meet their needs in different ways. So we know that you received a grant and yep. we just wanted you yep. to tell us a little bit more about you know how you got started what was kind of the purpose of redesigning your learning space and any other details about it yeah i think for first of all you know i have always done collaboration since i first started uh, i've always done group work and you know projects and, and so on but it was always the fact that you know i always felt like kids needed a like a space to do it in. Sure, we could kind of clump tables and so on, but then it limited the opportunity to get like a whole class discussion along with small group. So the idea came up with the iPads because it kind of forced us to reshape our thinking in a sense, in a good way. Um, so I reformed the classroom, redesigned it, and I realized that, boy, I'm kind of lacking that collaboration space that before I had with um, 
with the group work that we did. So this is where that grant came in. And the grant was really to fund uh, stools. We have these small little stools at each of the corners of the classroom. And then I also had a a purchased series of furniture that sits in another corner that allows for small group discussions to occur. There's a whiteboard there that allows me to do a mini lesson for kids who are confused and then also for kids to collaborate. Uh, and the purpose was to promote collaboration. I think that was the number one goal. And not to be a really comfy place that you can go and just chill out in. No, no, it was going to be a place for to get some work done and, and to really be with your team. So the type of seating you chose was they're face to face, right? And yep. they have like a little, maybe like a little coffee table in between, so it gives right. that little feeling of yeah. maybe more of a conversational area. Yes. Yeah, and then your stools are pretty easy to kind of transition from their their seats and at their desks yes. to, and they just pick up a stool and go to a corner. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I'm very lucky to have a very large classroom space to be able to to kind of do this design. I, I don't think it would work in all classrooms. In in the most fluid way, uh, but it allows me to do large group discussions and then break the kids up into their teams when that time comes. And it's very quick and easy. There's clipboards at each station as well, so when the oh, kids like are that. working, they have the clipboards because they're also working on the ground and the mm-hmm. paper's going they through. They need a writable surface. Yes, yeah. they need that writable surface. And then also, I, I have small whiteboards too that the kids use, and we use a lot of whiteboard uh, use in class for anything, whether it's small group, large group, but it also blends to that collaboration too. Because you can quickly and easily take a picture of it and pop it in your iPad and share it and talk about it. That's awesome. And there you go. All sorts of collaboration. Yeah. 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 What have the students said? You know, sometimes you can overhear kids say when they once they notice the changes and have they said anything or are have right. you made any observations about how it's impacted their learning? Yeah, I think you know, when we first did this it was in roughly around April. Uh, it was the assignment of my high school student that I had for an aid in class. So I pitched the idea to him and he did all of the research and he helped write the grant. Uh, Noah Grafton was his name and he did a superb job. Uh, And it was really an opportunity to have him be involved in something that was long lasting. And he did a great job on that. So when it was all set up, I think the kids noticed it and they really liked it and we started using the space. And then originally it was like, well, this is gonna be a no iPad space, seeing that they're using iPads all the time. But then eventually we got to the point where, well, let's use the iPad and we can still use the whiteboards and take pictures and include that. So there's also that non-technology piece with it as well. So the kids, I think, were very grateful. They were very thankful. Uh, there were some rules that we established with the, uh, you know, the space. Uh, number one was how many kids can get into that small space uh-huh. uh, with, the, with the furniture. And we limited that. And then also keeping your shoes off when your feet are up. So I want the kids to be, oh, you can put your feet up on the the little table, but take your shoes off. So they're, they're pretty good on that, too. Do you assign the kids that go to that area, or do they choose, and that's something that they have Yeah, sometimes with? they choose. So okay. they'll, they'll come to me and say, Mr. Gow, can we go and work in there? And I absolutely go ahead. Other times it's more um, like we rotate stations, like just to give kids the opportunity, like, okay, yesterday you were there, so now yep. go to this station and work. So it's an opportunity for kids to kind of rotate around the room, too. Awesome. 
I think like, I feel like we'll have to take pictures and put them up on our blog just so people yeah. can see the yeah. different spaces that you're yeah. talking about, right? Yeah. To have that visual. Yeah. Do you think a lot of teachers could kind of put this into place and you know what on the teacher end of it, you know, it, yeah. how has it impacted your your teaching or what do you take into consideration or is it something that's easily yeah. done? I think, uh, and I mentioned this before, but I, I do think that you know it allows teachers to feel comfortable with uncomfortability and kind of addressing that, you know, that that fear. Uh, for me, it really wasn't a fear because we've been doing it for so long. But fear of what? Can you clarify? I fear? think just fear of uh, a lack of control. I think a lot of teachers, oh, okay. when you redesign in a less a space, traditional setting, yeah, when you pull away from that traditional setting, it's almost as if you're losing control of your classroom, which, in a sense, uh, you're not because you're actually empowering students. Right. Um, and another thing too, anytime we do group work, and I think this is important to understand that kids need to have a role in their group, mm -hmm. like a purpose. So we clearly define those roles and expectations. Uh, typically, I pick a leader mm -hmm. uh, or a captain, as I call them. We have keeper material, someone who's responsible. We tend to have a presenter or a writer. So those roles are clearly established before any group work is done. And that allows kids to uh, sort of understand their purpose within that team. So for me, that's how I set it up. So when I send them to an area, I know that at least there's going to be someone there, the captain at least, that I can go to and say, hey, your team's not doing what you need to do. You need to get back on task. Or come see me, and we can do it. So there's a little bit of a trust on that as well. And I think the kids understand that. Yeah, so it sounds like there's a balance. Like You have to set it up for success in terms of how the students interact collaboratively and then giving them the right space to do that successfully yes. too. Yeah. And I do think, you know, they're, they're 11 and 12, sixth graders, so, yeah. you know, they're, they're going to find time to get off task, and of that's going to be... Test the know, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. that's going to be part of that learning experience, and I think as a teacher, I have to be okay with that, yep. and I have to have good ways or good means to address it, yep. and I think I've done a pretty good job so far. I think you have, I too. I think we'd agree. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Yeah. Gao. Thank you for coming and spending yeah, your welcome. Friday with us. Well, yeah, thank you for sure. having me on the show <laughs> one more time. Yeah. You'll probably welcome be anytime. I, I would love to be back, especially with this new maker space. I love you. That's the, right. Uh, I've already got ideas cooking right now with uh -oh. the, uh, the sewing machine and so on. So. Nice. Absolutely. A little shout out to the maker space. Yeah, yeah. well done. Awesome. Well, done. <laughs> well, thank you All for right. having me. All right. Happy Friday. Thank, thank you. you. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. All right, this is the Everyday Blakers in the LMC. We just finished and wrapped up our GOB. We have our winner here. Do you want to announce the winner? Yes, yeah, it's Jaco Sullivan, seventh grader. And to my knowledge, this is the first seventh grader to take home the gold in a very long time. So it's very special today. Give it up for Jack, everybody. <laughs> What was the winning question? What did you have to answer? Um, I had to answer what state bordered Illinois, or what state bordered Missouri and Iowa, and then which ocean? Amelia asked the question. So do you do you study for this, or is this something that comes natural? You have an interest in geography. How did this happen? Um, it's a little bit of both. I have a lot of maps in my room and a couple atlases, but I've always loved that stuff, so I've done it for most of my life. Excellent. Are you a traveler? Do you travel? Um, I, I like to travel. I don't do it a lot. Well, congratulations. This is a huge honor. Our first seventh grader. Thank you. Thank you. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm.
The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Hey guys, guess what? What? Is it finally the hour of code I've been waiting all week? Yeah! Grab your iPad and go to your advisory to start the hour of code. Yay! We're live from the Hour of Code at Blake Middle School. We have Mr. Bond here. How's it going? It's awesome. Thanks, Techmaster. When um, walking around the school, it's great to see the students and staff doing the flip grids, hopping on all the different coding sites, and it looks like they're having fun. Yeah, I can't. They're so engaged, I can't even believe it. Me neither, and it's cool to see the students both in the classroom. Some kids are working really quietly on their own, some kids together, some kids in the halls. It's a great energy, and I think... Um, Thanks for all your help getting this going. Oh, no problem. And I think everyone should check out the hashtag, Hour of Code, and eight, uh, BMSED. Yeah, absolutely. And then I think some staff are doing the Medfield PS hashtag so that hopefully we can archive it and share and get the good word out there. And then maybe make some connections with students in other schools, too. Oh, absolutely. So watch for this on, watch for this, listen to this on the podcast for more information. You can watch and listen. It's up to you. We, <laughs> yeah, we embrace all learners. Yeah, we'll code it for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. All right. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. caught my attention in the video is how so many people are starting their new their own companies by coding and I think about how they do a lot of work but then in the end it's a great company and it makes me wonder how many people can can code and do things like that themselves hi so we're here with, with um, my bud here Chris Kennedy and Lee Ferris. Uh, Lee Ferris, let's start with you. Um, what, do you what caught your attention in the video, Lee? Um, I think um, now that every job, a lot of jobs require computer science. Yeah, that also caught my attention big time. What about you, bud? What, uh, what did you make you think about? Super cool. Good job, everybody. So it made me think about, because, like, what caught my attention in the video was one person said, without learning how to code, it would be, like, without learning how to read. And I thought that was kind of crazy because I got to see how passionate they all were about coding and I thought that was really cool and what did it make me think about it made me think about like their jobs and if someone was going to go after coding as their career like what would be open to them and what did it make me wonder about it made me wonder about like how much time and positivity went into like one little thing like and detail because she showed us like all like all the work detail all the hours spent just to make like a single movie and i thought that was really cool so i think that's what i think like what code how coding changes everything because coding is a part of our everyday lives i mean it takes coding to create phones, computers, the iPad I'm recording on this now, 
and I thought that was really cool and I definitely think that coding changes everything around us. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Alright, this is the Everyday Blakers in the LMC. We just finished and wrapped up our GOB. We have our winner here. Do you want to announce the winner? Yes, yeah, is Jaco Sullivan, 7th grader. And to my knowledge, this is the first 7th grader to take home the gold in a very long time. So it's very special today. Give it up for Jack, everybody. <laughs> What was the winning question? What did you have to answer? Um, I had to answer what state bordered Illinois, or what state bordered Missouri and Iowa, and then which ocean Amelia had the question. So do you, do you study for this, or is this something that comes natural? You have an interest in geography? How did this happen? Um, it's a little bit of both. I have a lot of maps in my room and a couple atlases, but I've always loved that stuff, so I've done it for most of my life. Excellent. Are you a traveler? Do you travel? Um, I, I like to travel. I don't do it a lot. Okay. Well, congratulations. This is a huge honor. Our first seventh grader. Thank you. Thank you. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. The audio you're about to hear was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Okay, I'm here with two of our Blakers who are helping out with the blood drive at the day of service. So girls, tell me, why are you here today? Um, we're here to help people donate blood. And why is that important? Um, when you need blood, it's important to have some on hand. We always need donors. Awesome. How many years have you done this? Is this the first time or have you been here before? Um, this is my first time. This is my first time too. Awesome. Thanks so much for your help. Thank you. <laughs> Yay! I'm here with Talia at the blood drive on Martin Luther King Day and I'm going to ask her a few questions. So Talia, tell me, why are you here? I'm here because people need help and you know, I think it's important because like if people need blood and there's no, like, we need to give it to them because there's no substitute for blood. Awesome. So, and later on today, you told me that you're gonna help out with the day of service. Can you tell me what you hope to do during that time? So I hope to help teachers, you know, clean up their classrooms and stuff because, well, they're teaching us, so we kinda owe them. <laughs> so, is it hard to give up a day off from school and come in to school to help out? Well, it's hard for some people, but I find it easy because I know that I'm helping to save lives and that makes me feel great. Talia, thanks so much. Hope you have fun today. You're welcome. Thank you. Yay! I'm here with Mosba, who at the Blood Drive on Martin Luther King Day at Blake. So, Mosba, tell me, what is your role here at the Blood Drive? Um, my role is to make sure everything's ready and make sure everyone feels comfortable and have a little snack after they donate blood. Awesome. And tell me, what are you hoping to do during the day of service part later on this morning? I'm hoping to help clean classrooms and maybe help out um, the things to clean the school or, 
Yeah, stuff like that. Perfect. Was it hard to come in on a day off from school to come into school again? Um, no, not really, because it's for a good cause, and I think it's fine to wake up a bit early and come help out. Mosba, that's awesome. Thanks so much for helping out and being a real Blaker. Thank you. Yay! Hi, this is Nat Vaughn, uh, taking over Everyday Blakers for Martin Luther King Day, and I'm here with Cynthia McClelland, who has helped spearhead our day of service. So, Cynthia, tell me, why are we here today? Well, we're here today because Martin Luther King Jr. was someone who wanted to make the world a better place for everybody. And so, Monday's a day to honor him by providing service to the community and so that's what we're doing here we're helping our teachers out and cleaning the classroom and uh, we are also running a blood drive and saving lives so the blood drive has grown over the last few years am i right absolutely uh, we started off um, with 60 donors and now we're up to 116 and i think that's telling of like what an amazing community we have and how amazing blake is so I mean, I know this is everyday Blakers, but really it's also their everyday heroes. And I think 116 donors proves that our community is everyday heroes. So what does it mean to you when you see kids coming in on a day off from school over on a long weekend to come on into their school and helping out today? Um, it is very touching to know that um, this young generation does really care about community, community service, and making this world a better place. Um, they do so many things every day, and this is the day that kind of showcases what they do. But, I mean, I don't ever want to take away from the things they do every day. But here's a day where they really come in and, and they reach out and say thank you to our teachers and thank you to our community. Cynthia, this is awesome. I'm so proud of you and so thrilled that you have helped spearhead this for our school and it's become such an awesome tradition that everyone knows about. So thanks for everything. Thank you very much. And I, of course, have to give the credit to um, the students, to the Blood Drive Committee and the Committee for the Martin Luther King Day. You bet. Awesome. Everyday Blakers, I am here behind the scenes at the Digital Learning Day Planning Committee because our day is coming up soon, well, relatively soon, and so we're going to go around the table here. Uh, our Planning Committee will introduce themselves and then they'll tell us a little bit about what we can look forward to for our next uh, DLD day. All right, so we're speaking to... This is Neil Sonnenberg, Tech Integration Specialist Extraordinaire at the high school. At the high school. And tell me a little bit, what is DLD Day? DLD stands for Digital Learning Day. It's a day of teaching and learning where we have Medfield's uh, best and brightest teachers um, presenting sessions about wonderful things they're doing in the classroom um, and as well as things that students might be doing in the classroom. And we have people come from all over Massachusetts as well as some neighboring states to come learn from all the wonderful things that um, we're doing. Uh, so just a, a wonderful day for teachers for um, to see what their colleagues are doing and to learn from others around the state. Yeah, how many years has this been? This is year number six, which happens to correspond with the number of years that myself and um, the Tech Monster have been uh, in um, at Medfield. And I feel like it grows every year, bigger and better. Absolutely, we're probably going to have over 500 people, um, staff um, attending from both Medfield and other schools this year. So it's 
it's growing large and uh, and gets better every year. Yeah, so don't miss out. Uh, so what is anything special or exciting that we have coming up for this year's DLD? And this is? So this is Carrie Cowell. I am the library media specialist at Dale Street School. I'm excited to be on the DLD committee finally this year. <laughs> no, nice addition. Yeah. <laughs> new. Um, we are super excited this year. We have a great keynote speaker coming. Um, it is George Koros, who wrote The Innovator's Mindset, and the whole district has had the opportunity to read this book, and we're really looking forward to seeing how he can see some of the innovation already going on in Medfield and help us expand even more with that. Excellent. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the keynote, too. And then every year we try to come up for, you know, there's lots of trending topics in ed tech and things like in education. And so what are some of the particular themes or topics that we see coming down the pike? Uh, so I'm speaking to... Hi, this is Debbie Froman. I'm the Elementary Tech Innovation Specialist. So the hot topic this year seems to be design thinking. We also are going to talk about makerspace, podcasts, Google student showcases, and a lot more. Yeah, I can't wait to, I, you know, that's one of the best things to think about DLD is that we are always evolving, and you see the trends in education come up within our DLD conference day. And, you know, I think one of the best parts, or maybe you could tell us, Kim Cave, uh, what's the best part or favorite part about DLD for you? Hi, um, as Diane said, I'm Kim Cave, the Director of Curriculum here in Medfield. And it is so hard to pick the best part, but for me, I would say it's all the students. I am so impressed with the number of students that actually volunteer their day off to come in and work with teachers. They do all sorts of things, but showcasing their work has been a huge highlight for me the last couple of years and I hope that we're going to expand on that even more this year. Yeah, so we're always looking for student volunteers for that day and I think it falls on a Wednesday, is that right? Is DLD on a Wednesday? I think it's Tuesday. Or Tuesday, so we're hoping that we can even get more volunteers because it's going to be bigger this year. Uh, there'll be information sent out about how students can do that or if they want to showcase, we have different ways to showcase their projects that they've been working on, either at home or within school. Um, but we're also looking for proposals. Can you tell me a little bit more about how people can send in their proposals, Neil? Sure. If um, you're a teacher in Medfield, um, you can look for an email from either your principal or from Kim Cave that has a link to do that. If you are listening in the uh, greater 48 or the, uh, in the U.S. or in parts unknown in other countries, um, you can someone internationally come. You can follow. You can follow us on Twitter. On Twitter, we've been we've been sending stuff out using the hashtag DLD Medfield. There's a link. For outside people to submit proposals, which would include um, submitting a Flipgrid video telling us all about your proposal and um, all the awesomeness that you want to present at the day. Okay, that's perfect. So uh, stay tuned. We'll give you some more information, or in the following podcast, we'll give you some updates. Thank you. The audio you just heard was recorded in Anchor. Learn more at anchor.fm. Wow, another packed episode. Yeah, we hope that inspired a little kindness in your world, and it's so great to see what's going on in 
like centered around being the nice kid. We are so fortunate to have so many nice kids in the Blake community. As you can see, our kids don't hesitate to volunteer their time, learn about the world around them, and collaborate with enthusiasm. So you know what? Stay tuned for our next episode where we'll wrap up what was popular in 2017 and then pull out that magic eight ball because you're going to shake it up as we look ahead and make some predictions about what is to come in the future of 2018. That's, That's a wrap. wrap. Stay tuned. Make sure you subscribe to Everyday Blakers on iTunes, Google Play, or, or follow us on, on the Anchor FM app, an award-winning app. Thanks for listening. Bye. Some kids are smarter than you. Some kids have cooler clothes than you. Some kids are better at sports than you. It doesn't matter. You have your thing, too. Be the kid who can get along. Be the kid who is generous. Be the kid who is happy for other people. Be the kid who does the right thing. Be the nice kid.